1: This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation.
0: Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes, mercy is for
2: with every sunrise. Try to think if George Washington were to suddenly see a flat screen TV or a cell phone how would he write to describe it in a day when there there you know there wasn't plastic there wasn't electricity there wasn't you know the kind of technology like we have today what words would he use to describe a flat screen tv turned on with images projected in it he's going to he's going to write using his own modern terms to describe something that is futuristic When John
1: witnessed the vision we find recorded in the book of Revelation, he didn't know when these events would happen. Believers in the early church believed and lived as though it could happen at any time. But as we know, many of the things described still haven't happened yet. As Pastor Gary will point out in today's message, many of the images John may have seen contained technology and places that John was unfamiliar with and didn't have the exact terms that we recognize today. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation, Chapter 1, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection.
2: When he's talking about you know, the Antichrist, he's really probably referring to Nero or, or Domitian or somebody in the Roman Empire, you know, and, and he's using these symbolic, vague terms, but it has to do with his own day. That's the preterist view. I, I don't agree with it, but that is just one way that people interpret it. But then there's this other historical angle to it, and it's what we'll just simply call the, the symbolic view. And, and that is a panoramic, a panoramic interpretation of the church's historical struggle against the world system from the first century through modern times, and it predicts the future of the church age, but not of end time events. In other words, people would say, well, it is a book that looks forward, but it looks forward to the time of the church age, which is everything after Jesus ascended into heaven, but it doesn't really predict future events. It just is historical in terms of the church age. So the way we're going to interpret this, again, you're, you're free to interpret it allegorically or, or historically. You're, you know, you're welcome to be wrong if you want to. But, uh, but, but we're going to, I say that in jest, because there's a lot of great minds that are going to look at Revelation very differently. But we're going to be looking at it as a literal writing with futuristic or prophetic elements throughout it. In other words, the events beginning in chapter 4, okay, in chapter 4, are futuristic, related to the time directly preceding and including Jesus' return. There is frequent symbolism all throughout the book. We recognize that, but events will be fulfilled in a literal way. So a lot of people, you know, want to look at the book of Revelation and think, well, it's just all symbolic and, and it's just, you know, it, it, it has, you know, allegorical meaning. It, it should be seen as a literal book. It should be understood in terms of its its literal meaning. It's just sometimes difficult to dig out what is the literal meaning, and I'll explain why in, in a little bit. If you look here at chapter 1, verse 19 with me, I'm just going to... We will come back and go verse by verse, but um, I don't know how much we'll do that tonight, but I do want to, again, just kind of lay out the foundation. If you look at chapter 1, verse 19, what we have given to us is an actual outline of the entire book of Revelation in verse 19 of chapter 1. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. If you have a Bible with red letters, you'll notice this is Jesus speaking. Verse 19. Write, he's telling John, write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. Okay, so that is an outline for the entire book of Revelation. He says to John, I want you to write about the things that you have seen. That's, that's chapter 1. That has to do with the appearance of Jesus. He's going to see Jesus, and he's going to write about this majestic appearance of our Lord. That's chapter 1. And then Jesus says, I want you to also write the things which are. And John was living at a time that we call now the church age. I'll explain more in a moment. That's going to be chapters 2 and 3. Because Jesus is going to dictate seven letters to seven different churches, which were literal churches, but they also represent something in terms of the timeline of the church age, which we will break down when we get into chapters 2 and 3. And then also there in in 119, Jesus says, I want you to write about things which will take place after this. So after the church age comes future things. That's chapters 4 through the end of the book four through 22. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk back here to, to, to the back screen because I want to actually present to you the entire timeline of the book of Revelation. If you're not already overwhelmed, take a look at this, okay? But I want to break it down. I just want to walk through it with you so that you, you realize this is, not, this is not to be seen as something overly complicated. So I'm going to back it up, and we're going to go first and look just at the beginning of this timeline which has to do with Jesus' resurrection. So he dies on a cross, he rises from the dead, and then, we just read it in Acts chapter 1, 40 days he appears on earth, and then he ascends into heaven. All right, that's Acts 1, ascends into heaven, the angels comfort the apostles, saying he's coming again, don't worry, you know, don't be troubled, he's going to come again. All right, since Jesus rose from the dead and ascended back into heaven, it now launched... The church age. That's going to be Revelation 1 through 3. The church age is where we are right now. We are living in the church age. It is the time period in which the Lord has gone back into heaven. He has handed, if you will, kind of the baton of ministry to us as believers, and we are entrusted with the most sacred privilege of sharing the good news of who Jesus is so that as many people as possible might come to faith in Christ and might be able to join in the hope that we have when we talk about these things related to Jesus' second coming. But we're living now in the church age. Now, on the on the timeline, I, I've got dotted lines there because we don't know how long the church age is going to last. All we know is we're living in it now. You know, I don't know if the church age is going to last another year, five years, a hundred years, but the thing that will end the church age is the rapture of the church. The Bible says that there will be a generation that never experiences death. There will be a generation of believers who will be snatched from the earth and taken up to be with the Lord in the air. Now, when we talk about the second coming of Christ, Everybody needs to understand this, and there's a lot of confusion about the second coming of Christ, so let me try to make this clear. The second coming of Christ is really in two phases. The first phase is when he only comes in the clouds in the air. And he then sounds a trumpet call, the Bible tells us, And it tells us then that the dead in Christ is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The dead in Christ will rise first. Now, wait a minute. Their spirits are already in heaven, but they get a glorified body. That's why the dead rise first, okay, to be joined with their spirits in heaven so that now they have a glorified body just like Jesus. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain on earth at the time that the trumpet call sounds, will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall be with the Lord forever. How many are looking forward to that day, right? Amen? Now, what Paul tells us in his letter to Corinthians, he says, you will not all sleep, in other words, you will not all experience death, but you will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. So for those who are snatched up, so let's just say that, you know, tonight there's this trumpet call of God, all right? And if you're a believer in Jesus, you're going to be physically taken up from the earth. You won't experience death. And you get a glorified body on the way up. Okay? You won't go through, you know, nobody's going to have a funeral for you. You have to pick out a casket and be painted up. You're going to just be able to be lifted up instead of painted up. I'd rather have that, right? Okay. And so that word, to be seized, to be snatched, In the Greek, in the New Testament, it's harpazo, but in the Latin Vulgate, which was the Latin translation of the New Testament, of the the whole Bible, it's harpazo, uh, um, uh, sorry, it's raptus, and raptus is where we get our English word rapture. So some people say, well, the word rapture doesn't appear anywhere in the Bible. That is true, but in its Latin original language, it, it does. That's what 1 Thessalonians 4 means, to be caught up, to be seized, to be snatched, raptus, to be raptured. And so that's the end of the church age. When Jesus comes again in the clouds, that's part one of his second coming, to take his bride, that's what the church is referred to, the bride, out of the earth, he's going to rescue us. You're going to see my bent in terms of when the rapture occurs, okay? He's going to rescue us, because I believe this is the preponderance of Scripture, before the tribulation period. So the rapture of the church is Revelation chapter 4 and 5. But what follows that is seven years of tribulation on earth. So Christians have been taken and are kept safe in heaven, and from the balcony, I don't know how much we're going to be able to see or how much the Lord is going to protect us from seeing it. Um, I'm not one of these people who believes, you know, you know, our beloved, you know, grandpa who, who, who knew Christ is up in heaven looking down on us now. No, he's not. No, he's not. You're in the presence of Jesus, that's where you're focused. You're not looking. And plus, think about it. In heaven, there's no more crying, no more pain, no more tears. If grandpa's looking down to see what's going on here, grandpa's going to be crying. (laughs) And so there's no more tears. And So I don't, I don't believe that people in heaven know necessarily what's going on on earth. The bride is going to be kept safe in heaven with the Lord. But let's, let me tell you what's going to be going on on earth. It's revelation chapter six through 18. It's going to be cataclysmic events. It's going to be incredible, you know, meteor showers and, and uh, fresh water turning to blood. A hundred pound hailstones, the Bible says in Revelation. It's going to be disease and boils, and it's going to be all these terrible things that are happening on the earth. Now, why in the world would a loving God allow all those things to happen? Here's the reason. Because by the time we get here to the tribulation period, the people who have refused to trust Christ need a greater wake-up call. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, I don't don't know in in what ways and in how many ways the Lord has gotten your attention over the course of your life, but I can tell you this, as a loving Father, He steps it up when we don't respond. So the book of Revelation, as much as like, well, this is all these disasters and death, billions of people die in the book of Revelation. I'm I'm not going to candy-coat any of this. I'm going to give it to you straight. This is what the Bible says. This is what we need to be aware of. A lot of people die in the book of Revelation. But it is God's final attempt. They don't have to die. Okay, It's, it's their stubborn refusal to still believe in, in the Lord. But it is God's final attempt to get people's attention. So there's seven years of it. When that seven year is going to start, we don't know. So at any time Jesus could sound the trumpet, we get caught up, and then the tribulation period happens. Now, by the way, there's nothing in the Bible that says... That as soon as the church is raptured, then tribulation starts. The church might get raptured and the tribulation not start for 20 more years. I mean, there's no there's no timeline that says as soon as the church is out, then horrible things begin to happen on the earth. Horrible things happen on the earth, but it doesn't say in relation to the, to the rapture when exactly that happens. But seven years of tribulation, and then following that, Revelation chapter 19 is Jesus' second coming. Now, this is, this is part two of his second coming. Part one was just in the clouds to to gather his bride. Part two, his second coming is to the earth. When the Lord Jesus returns to the earth, and by the way, he returns to the same place from which he ascended, the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem. So Jesus returns. When he returns, guess what? He's going to bring us with him, those who have been already kept safe in heaven. The saints return with Jesus. Jesus settles the big battle of Armageddon. That's also Revelation 19. And then what happens is, Revelation chapter 20, he ushers in a thousand-year reign. For a thousand years, he's going to rule and reign on the earth. And at the end of that time, there's going to be a judgment. The lake of fire, Satan, the false prophet, um, the Antichrist are thrown into the lake of fire. There's the great white throne judgment, because everybody who lived during that thousand-year millennial period, they're going to have to stand before the throne and give account of their lives, too. And then after that, the end part of Revelation chapters 21 and 22 describe a new heaven and a new earth, because the Bible says this present heaven, the present earth, are going to be destroyed. That's why I know, you know, I get a lot of heat. I get emails when I'm just, I'm not an environmentalist guy. And so people are like, you know, we ought to take, it It is going away. It is going away. If If you're into that, okay, I'm just telling you, it's going away. And he's got a new heaven and a new earth, and so... Uh, Let's not deify it. But anyway, this is the breakdown of the book of Revelation. Now, a couple of cautions for you note-takers. Number one, everything does not necessarily mean something. Everything does not necessarily mean something. There is a tendency to want to read the book of Revelation and think that, you know, Everything that we see in our world today it, you know, has to do with revelation. I, I remember growing up in the 80s, and, and people thought Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. And you want, to, you want to know why? They thought he was the Antichrist because his name was Ronald Wilson Reagan. And all three of his names were six letters. And so they thought he's 666. This, he's the Antichrist. I'm not making this up. And And some of you are old enough to remember, too, when the little... What is it called? The hologram or whatever came out on our credit cards? And there were Christians who were like, It's the mark of the beast. I'm not using a credit card. I'm not using it. It's the mark of the beast. Mark of the beast. And we can't be taking this. It's like, Just calm down. It's not the mark of the beast. Or barcode. When barcodes got on, you know, on, on retail products, like, It's the mark of the beast. We can't. I mean, I do remember being in Safeway once, and I did get a little wigged out, I have to admit because there there was a lady in front of me at the at the at the checkout and uh, and she, and it came time to pay and she's fumbling through her purse and her wallet and she's like i don't know where what i've done with my cash and i can't find my credit card and she's standing there and she says to the cashier you know you know what'd be easy is if if i just had like some kind of chip like in my hand and you can just scan it and i was like whoa no <laughs> you don't even know what you're saying But, you know, it might be coming to that at some point, but we can't look at everything and think, oh, look at the signs of the times in which we live. We need to be wise about it, but we can't be foolish about it and think everything has to do. Let me tell you something. In the 1930s, the church was convinced that they were living in the end times. It was the book of Revelation fulfilled. And they were convinced that Hitler was the Antichrist and Joseph Stalin was the false prophet. And the church in the 1930s was preaching, and the early 40s, preaching, it's okay, as panzer tanks were pulling up to churches throughout Europe, it's okay, the rapture's going to come. And the rapture didn't happen. 10,000 pastors were killed during World War II, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, for refusing to bow to Nazi Germany. 10,000 pastors. And you know what happened? The church became disillusioned. Why didn't Jesus come again? Why didn't he take us? You know, Hitler has to be the Antichrist. And and if it's not Joseph Stalin, it's Benito Mussolini. He's the false prophet. And 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 why didn't he rescue us? And people became disillusioned in their faith. Because they had this, this preconceived notion that this must be the book of Revelation. Be careful. We can't, we can't look at everything that's happening in our world and think, th- this must be it. we got to be careful about this kind of thing. We can't be so convinced in our minds, but we're going to get a taste of it and we're going to think this, we're going to see everything to be, it's not everything. Everything doesn't mean everything. Remember a few years ago, several years ago, actually, the kids were young and still living at home. And I don't remember which kid was in the back seat and which kid was in the front seat with me, but we were going through uh, McDonald's. Praise God for McDonald's. Anyway, we were going through McDonald's and it was like the harvest season and they had the, the special pumpkin milkshakes. And so all I wanted was was a pumpkin milkshake. Kids didn't want anything. So, okay, I'm just going to get it. Let's just go through the drive-thru real quick. Ordered a pumpkin milkshake, paid for the pumpkin milkshake, took it. And and as I'm driving away, I start sipping on it. This is incredible. Man, they put out a good pumpkin milkshake. And the kids are like, let's try. Let me try. Let me try. And it was back in the day that I'm like, "Ah, I don't really care about germs as much as I do now. (laughs) And so, you know, I shared it with whoever was sitting next to me, one of my other kids, and, and they're like, wow, this is really good. This is, this is delicious. Pumpkin, this is wonderful. And then whoever was in the back, we were passing it around. We're family. <laughs> and so then in the back, whoever the kid was in the back took it and, and took a sip of it and said, guys, this is chocolate. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. It's pumpkin. I tasted it. And the kid next to me was like, yeah, we tasted it. It's pumpkin. I'm like, give me that. And I looked at it. It was chocolate. They had given me the wrong one. It was chocolate. But in my mind, I was already convinced it's pumpkin. It's pumpkin. And when we can do that, when we look at the book of Revelation, we're going to look at events in our world and we're going to go, it's pumpkin. It's like, no, it's actually chocolate. So we need to calm down and realize that not everything necessarily means everything. These are birth pains, the stuff that is happening. These are birth pains. The other thing we need to realize is, number two, John is going to use limited language to describe distant events. You know, try to think if George Washington were to suddenly see a flat screen TV or a cell phone, how would he write to describe it in a day when there, there, you know, there wasn't plastic, there wasn't electricity, there wasn't, you know, the kind of technology like we have today? What words would he use to describe a flat screen TV turned on with images projected in it. He's gonna he's gonna write using his own modern terms to describe something that is futuristic, and and it is so. When we read Revelation, we have to bear that in mind. John is gonna be writing. It, it looked like. Uh, it sounded like. Um, you know. He's he's gonna say. I heard twenty seven times in the book of Revelation. He's going to say, I saw 36 times. He's going to say, I looked 12 times. His senses are bombarded by all these visions and the sounds uh, of, of all of that's happening in the world. And he's going to write in his day, first century, describing things that are many centuries down the road. So that's why it looks mystical. That's why he describes things that that we look at and we read and we're like, what what is this all about? Because he's using limited language to describe future events. And the last thing, the third thing that I want us to understand as we go forward to, to study this book together, he writes with a circular view of events. He writes with a circular view of events. Westerners, you know, particularly Americans, Westerners, think in monochronic time. In other words, we are sequential people. Um, typically, Westerners learn, give me one, two, three, you know, just just spell it out for me. So we like to interpret things monochronically, sequentially. But Middle Eastern people, and uh, typically Middle Easterners and even African cultures, they think polychronically, they think uh, big picture, they think um, circularly. And so sometimes as we read the book of Revelation it's almost like John the best way I can describe it is that John is standing in a circular room okay all the doors have been shut and on and on the wall all around him are are flat screen TVs with di- projecting different images and he's going to and he's sometimes just so bombarded in his senses that he's just writing as he sees at all these different things happening in the room around him so a lot of Revelation is chronological, but some is not. It's circular. He, it's like, you know, going into like an art gallery and standing there in the room and just looking all around you at, at all these different images. And so he's writing differently because he's not a Westerner. So we have to put ourselves in an Eastern mindset as we read through the book of Revelation. I think it'll help us uh, to understand it better and not, not think so sequentially as, as we always do. The takeaway tonight, okay? I know that was, again, that's a lot of information. um, uh, But the takeaway tonight is just basically for us to understand this. This is just the reality of our world. The world is is bad. And it's going to get worse. And it's going to get even worse. And it's going to get even worse than that. And then Jesus will come again. And he's going to take us home to be with him. And so Jesus is Lord of all. He's in charge of all, and He's coming again.
1: That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this edition in Revelation again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary through his Bible teachings, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc or you can download our mobile app to stay connected to the truth of God's Word everywhere you go it's a great way to have a quiet time anytime you'll find a link on our website along with more information about the church behind this ministry Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg Virginia if you're in the area we'd love to meet you come visit us You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Is there anything happening in your life right now that we could be praying for? We'd be honored to do that for you. Or is there anything God's doing that deserves some rejoicing? Please let us know. We love that we can interact with our listeners. So send us a quick email and we'll get back to you soon. Prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. Put a marker where we left off in this final book of the Bible and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time for more. Right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know, you're not alone.